What is up, everybody? Welcome into episode 18 of Lockdown Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. We're continuing crossover week featuring American League Central Division hosts. I want to welcome in uh, Ryland Stiles, who is the host of Lockdown Royals. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, we got uh, some interesting uh, stuff to talk about here. Unfortunately, with uh, things being the way they are this season, uh, probably w- well, definitely will not be starting on time. That's official now. Um, but there's still things to talk about. Obviously, I think uh, your Royals and my Tigers are are two teams that are in in similar positions. It, it seems like you know they're they're two teams that are that are rebuilding. Uh, the one m- major difference between these two organizations right now is the fact that the Royals have uh, a bit of a still a, a bit of a, a comfort window here that having uh, won a world championship back in 2015, whereas uh, my Tigers have continually uh, come up short. So I'll, I'll just start off right away. What's kind of your your mindset right now? How are you feeling coming into 2020? Is there is there reason to be optimistic if you're a Kansas City Royals fan? You know, there is a reason about the miss because you're right. The Royals are playing with house money. I mean, no one is really going to get upset if this team loses. We're still on the high of, of winning a championship. It helps that the Chiefs also just won a championship a couple months ago. No one really cares about this team's win-loss record. So anything in that category, you know, performing better than expected, not losing 100 games, will be celebrated. And then, of course, if you look at the actual players on this roster, if you can get some young guys to perform well, like a Nicky Lopez or call up Brady Singer, and they perform well and gives you that glimmer of hope moving forward, this season would be passing with flying colors in in Royals' kingdom, so to say. No, and I completely understand that. And to a certain extent, I think we're both kind of in the same boat regarding both of our teams. The win-loss record, it's it's apparent you know, that it's going to be pretty ugly. What you're hoping for, especially from the young guys, is kind of improvement. Now, I've got a couple questions for you, a few questions regarding the state of the Royals. And my first one is, you know, like like we brought up, there was a bit of a, a, of a comfort zone here. It's been now five years since the Royals had that magical 2015 World Series run. It's been really three, though, since the team was really competitive. 2017 was the last year where that core was really together. On a scale of of 1 to 10, how confident are you that Dayton Moore will be able to build a playoff caliber team within the next five years, let's say? Well, the number's a bit higher than normal. I'd say probably about a six and a half. It's it's really hard to win games and, and be competitive in, in a market like Kansas City. Right. But it's a bit higher because he spent so much time drafting pitching talent, and that's really what you need in Kansas City. Again, if you look at their lineup right now, it's a pretty competitive one. Now, it's not going to win a ton of games, especially without this pitching staff, but it's a pretty competitive one for what this market size is. But you have to get pitching, and that's what they've always lacked. And so him... Dayton Moore correcting his mistakes a little bit and going full force, spending entire draft classes on college pitching, getting guys like Brady Singer and and Daniel Lynch, two uh, top 100 prospects like that, on your mound. That is a is a huge boast of confidence in his direction, but it's still only about like a six, you know, six and a half, seven maybe of optimism because it is so hard to win in baseball especially for the Kansas City Royals. I mean, they went 30 years in between playoff appearances. 
Right, exactly. And it's such a it's such a frustrating thing to deal with, especially with a low market or a small market team such as Kansas City. You know what you bring up Brady Singer and I want to want to talk about that because really when you think about it, the Royals, even in that that window they had where they won a world championship, it was hard for them to really have a guy that you could definitively say was a, a number one, an ace level pitcher. You know, you had Shields for a few years and Shields was was very good, but I you always kind of got the impression despite the innings that he pitched, uh Shields was a, kind of a number two who masqueraded as a number one pitcher. And you got very good years out of Edinson Volquez and, and the late Yordano Ventura who seemed like he was gonna take that next step and be an ace is Brady Singer who was a guy that I really liked in college. You know, he had that. He had a great demeanor on the mound, really nice two-seam fastball, got a lot of weak contact, um, was a true competitor at his time in Florida. W- would you say he, he, him right now is probably the most anticipated prospect in the Royals system? Is he kind of the Royals version of what Casey Mize is for the Tigers? Oh, absolutely, and, and you're totally right about that. I mean, that's what I was kind of talking about with Dayton Moore correcting his mistakes a little bit. He drafted a heck of a of a farm system, the best in baseball for a couple of years, but it was all full with, with position players, and that's good, but you can supplement position players a lot better than you can pitchers in this market in Kansas City, and you're right. I mean, James Shields was awful. I mean, not awful, but he wasn't an ace, excuse me. Their best pitcher was probably Jeremy Guthrie for a long stretch in that 2014 run to the World Series. He he held it down pretty well. That's that's not going to happen every year. I mean, that, that's magic in a bottle when Jeremy Guthrie can help lead your rotation. You're going to need guys like Brady Singer, and you're absolutely right. He is the guy that Rose fans are looking at. Of course, Daniel Lynch is in the top 100, and there's other pitching prospects, Jackson Kozar. But Brady, Brady Singer is the guy who is the most anticipated prospect I've seen since Eric Cosmer and the most anticipated prospect for the Royals pitching staff since Zach Greinke. I mean, from a pitcher side of things, You've never had this much hope about somebody as you have had about him since Zach Greinke. No, I think I think you're absolutely right. And and, and no, another point that uh, this is kind of you know continues to be a transitional period for the Kansas City Royals. But I think one thing that's gotten overlooked a little bit in this offseason in which so much has gone on. I mean, we've seen cheating scandals and we've seen the season be suspended now. I mean, it's been just absolutely crazy. But I think one thing that was overlooked was that the Royals hired a new manager. And, you know, I think Ned Yost, obviously with him winning a World Series, had a pretty high approval rating. Uh, He was an imperfect manager, but it was undeniable that even up to the end, his teams had a style of play. You know, they had an identity when they were very good. They, they shortened the games with those unbelievable bullpens with Wade Davis and Herrera and Holland and Madsen. Uh, and, and they stole a lot of bases. They ran a lot. And they put the ball in play. They forced you to make mistakes. So I actually have two questions here. One, do you like the Mike Matheny hire? And two, do you believe that he was hired with the intent that he's going to be the guy here long term or do you believe that much like garden hire with the tigers he's kind of just a placeholder guy until the team is competitive again and you can bring somebody else in yeah you know ned yost you know bless his heart so to say but i never really bought the hype for him a lot of luck went into those two runs as a royals fan i'll I'll gladly say that Mm -hmm. you shouldn't have beat the a's first of all in the wild card game and then you end up sweeping your way to the world series that is unbelievable it's amazing that it happened, but a lot of that was luck, which boosts his resume as a manager. And then in 2015, you shouldn't have beat the Astros, probably shouldn't have beat the Blue Jays, and then you steal two games against the Mets. If those things don't happen, Ned Yost as a manager is not looked at the same way he is right now. But as far as Mike Matheny, 
I don't like the hire because I think you're right. He is a stopgap manager. He is the picture-perfect definition of one. He's not going to be around when Brady Singer, Bobby Witt Jr., hopefully Alberto Mondesi, hopefully Nicky Lopez, when these guys are good and they're fighting for that playoff spot, I don't see him being around. He's going to get what Trey Hiltman got. Trey Hiltman lost and lost and lost with the Royals, and the next thing you know, they bring in Ned Yost to replace him, and Ned Yost goes on and gets to the playoffs. I mean, he's a, he's a pure stopgap to me, which is why I would have rather see them hire a guy like Pedro Gafal, who's still on their coaching staff right now, but I think he is next in line for a, a manager job pretty soon. Okay, no, that's understandable. And I, Look, I know a lot of people who are very underwhelmed, including myself, by the job Matheny did with St. Louis. Those were very talented teams that seemed to come up short. Uh, there's still, you know, he, I think he's similar to, to Brad Ausmus, who's now been uh, let go from two different teams, but obviously in his tenure with the Tigers, seems like a smart guy, seems like a guy who interviews well. But for the most part, I mean, I, I think that this is a, a question mark that a lot of Royals fans uh, were, were a bit disappointed with when that hire was announced. So I'm gonna, we're going to take a short little break right here. And when we come back, I got a few more questions. Then we can kind of talk about where we think these teams are going to end up. And uh, we'll be right back. This is uh, Lockdown Tigers. Do you hate stepping on the scale? Now, maybe it's because you haven't met the right one. A company called Withings produced the world's first smart scale, and they are still the best. In fact, Tom's Guide rated Withings Body Plus the best overall smart scale in 2020. If you are looking to lose weight, Willpower is key, but so is having the right tools. Withings Smart Scales are known for durability and an exceptional user-friendly design. Step on and data from every weigh-in syncs automatically to the free app for iOS and Android via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Lots of Smart Scales don't have the Wi-Fi option, and it means you need to have your phone on you. But Withings Body Plus gives weight, full body composition, weight trend, even a local weather report. The scale can support up to eight users and even know who is who. So here's the deal. You can get 25% off a Withings Body Plus right now at Withings.com for a limited time. Go to Withings.com, W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S.com backslash MLB to get 25% off Body Plus Body Composition Scale. That's W I T H I N G S dot com backslash MLB to get 25% off body plus body composition scale. All right, we're back. So I am here once again with Ryland Styles of uh, Locked On Royals. I got one more question for you before we kind of just, you know, open this up and, and talk a little bit about where we think these both our teams are going to end up. Now you Obviously, it's been talked about. You're the, the Royals won. Uh, World Series in 2015. My Tigers yet to win one in my lifetime, and and this episode uh, will probably feature a little bit of doom and gloom regarding the current state of both of these teams. But now I want to ask you real quick about that run in 2015. And, and you've mentioned, you know, there were there was luck involved, and I think a lot of I'm I'm happy to hear you agree with that. That was a team that had the the some good fortune, but hey, to be a champion, you need a little bit of luck. And uh, it was when the was there a moment in that 2015 run, when was the first moment where it hit you that 
that team had what it took to win it all. Because I feel like in every championship season, there's those defining moments where something just clicks, and you get the impression that the ball seems like it's just bouncing your way. This year, I think with the Nationals, there was that that seven-run ninth inning that they got off of off of the the Mets and Edwin Diaz, which was you know kind of a one of the many turning points they had in the second half of that season. Was there a moment in 2015 that you looked at and said, you know what, I think I think maybe this team has it. Well, in spring training, the the confidence that they showed was something I've never seen before in my lifetime from the Kansas City Royals. Hmm. And so that was good to see. And so from there, you were just kind of biding, biding your time until they could get to the postseason like they did in 2014 and see what could happen. Because, you know, which is rare for them. We talked a lot about luck in the postseason. There was a ton of luck involved. But in terms of the regular season, they really went wire to wire with the AO Central crown in 2015. So there was no real uh, doubt about them getting to the postseason. And for Royals fans, that that would that would have been enough to be honest with you, is to get back to the postseason again for the very next year with the division title. Once they got there, though, the first time I thought, "Holy crap, the Royals are actually going to win a championship in my lifetime," was whenever Carlos Correa made the error and the ball goes into center field. The Royals score. They come back on Houston. Houston could have won that series, that game. They they shock them in Houston. The governor of Houston already sends out a congratulatory tweet right. saying that the Astros are moving on. And I thought, okay, this is just something magical happening right here. And I can still, you know, recite the call from from pitch to pitch of, of that play. You know, just something that sticks with you forever was that play right there. And then you can always get down the line, which is, again, it goes back to the whole luck thing. There was a ton of other moments, like the Alex Gordon hit that that, that against the Mets in the, in the ninth inning that, that sent him the extra innings. Eric Cosmer makes an error the next time. He bat flips a, a sacrifice fly to, to take the lead. I mean, it's just, it goes on and on and on. But the first time I thought the Royals were going to be a World Series champion was that Correa error. You know, well, that's understandable. And even, I mean, even Ned Yost came out and said that in that eighth inning before that rally started, even he was planning what he was going to say about you know uh, you know congratulating the Astros and talking about how this team was going to move on next year uh, and that Royals team they just they put so much pressure on you and they forced you to to make mistakes which ultimately is something that the a- that I'm sorry the Astros and especially the Mets in that World Series did now this is a Tigers show and I want to just ask probably my last question here you know I, I'm I'm interested in how other fan bases look at my team. Now, the Tigers last year, 114 losses, the the most by a major league ball club since the Tigers back in 2003 when they did it as well with that team that almost broke the American League losses record. I'm just curious, you know, because this was at one point, and it feels like forever ago, though it really wasn't, a, a, a team in an organization in the Tigers that everyone else in the American League Central was, was looking up at. I mean, when the Tigers won the AL Central in 2014, beating the Royals by a game, winning, clinching the, the AL Central pennant in the last game of the season, it looked like a, a, uh, a nearly a massive upset. I mean, they were the show for a while. And I'm just curious, as someone who's uh, a, you know an outsider, a fan of another team, are you uh, surprised by what you've seen by this organization that was once a powerhouse? Are you... Uh, stunned a little bit at the way that they've fallen off because they were once a team that you did not want to face on your schedule you know frankly yes I mean you're right the the Tigers undoubtedly had a amazing core you go back and look at all the guys who've been on that roster and it's a little bit 
more than the Royals even, because with the Royals, you think, how did you not trade Eric Hosmer? You were out of it. You didn't trade Hosmer. You get nothing. You didn't trade Moustakas when his value was high. You barely got any return. You didn't trade Lorenzo Cain. You didn't trade any of these guys. They left them for agency, and you have to restart all over again. How did the Tigers not get more for that core that ends up leaving to, to bulk up the farm system to where now you're losing and you're just now starting to come out on the other side and having you know a, a solid farm system? Because you're right, that, that team was so talented. And if they were in a bigger market, that would be a bigger story of what if and, and how in the world did this team not win. It, it's a little bit like the Thunder with, with Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, you know, Serge Ibaka, James Harden. That team just evacuated in no time, in the blink of an eye. I mean, it was gone. And, and I just don't understand what happened to the Tigers and how that farm system has taken so long to really get any sort of glimmer of hope in the in the maze and, and the other, these other prospects you guys now have. Well, essentially, look, the point you make, it's very similar to what happened with the Royals where both teams waited way too long. And while I still believe in my heart of hearts, the Tigers absolutely should have gotten more for J.D. Martinez and they should have gotten more for Justin Upton and they should have gotten more for Justin Verlander. The the market to a certain extent wasn't there and you end up trading away a lot of unbelievable talent for minimal returns. And it's led to this, this tailspin that they've been in over these last several years. And it's frustrating. And I think both these teams are in similar positions, but What's frustrating for me is that the Royals uh, aren't in a market where uh, you can go out and spend money on a lot of free agents. You look at the teams they built in 2014 and 2015. I mean, what was the biggest signing they had besides the the Gordon uh, extension? You know, Edinson Volquez. You know, I mean, the, these were uh, James. You know, these were minimal deals at best, and yet they were able to build a champion. The Tigers are kind of stuck in in one gear twiddling their thumbs. And I think that's what makes this this rebuild so frustrating is you feel like they have the money to spend. They just aren't willing to spend it. So lastly, right now, if you had to guess, what would you say the win total, the final record will be for this year's Kansas City Royals? Uh, you know, I, I would say that they flirt with 100 losses, but they don't actually get there. I mean, I, it's it's <laughs> that sounds like a very much loser mentality, but for, for the Royals and the Tigers, you're not worried about winning and it's just nice to get off that 100 loss mark so i'd say they can you know hopefully avoid that and that'd be a good season i mean but when it all when the dust settles i think that they're going to lose about 96 games and that would be fine yeah i would say that's probably about fair you know i think that there are pieces either pieces you can build off of or potentially trade away i think whit merrifield has has turned into a star jorge soler i think that is a trade that over time has aged really well you trade wade davis to the cubs for one year for for jorge soler who last year really broke out so i think that's that's probably about fair uh, well, man, I want to thank you for for doing this this has been a fun little crossover here before we head out you want to plug your social media real quick uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles, and of course on the Lockdown Rolls podcast. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter. That's at Castellani twenty fourteen. That's at C A S T E L L A N I two o one four. You can follow this show on Twitter. That's at Locked On Tigers. If you have questions for this show as well, you can email them to me. That's Locked On Tigers at Gmail dot com. Thank you very much for tuning in, Ryan. Thank you for or Ryan. Thank you for for joining me here. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you to everyone for listening. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.